It's time for State of Play with David Adam, brought to you by Tri-City Sports in the Main Center at 6th and Main and by Excel Performance Health and Wellness at 8th and State. Here's David Adam. Hello. I'm the host of this podcast. I'm also the editor here at Muddy River News. Um, and when I'm not working here, I, I've, I've coached youth sports uh, in Quincy for the better part of the past four decades. One sport that I have not uh, coached, uh, and my, my children only dabbled in a little bit, um, but I find it fascinating is gymnastics. Uh, we're going to talk about that on today's podcast, and joining me is Zeke Cernia, one of the founders of Gym City Gymnastics in Quincy. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. I'm by, glad to be here. By far the best mustache of any of the people that we've had uh, on, the, on the podcast. It's got a little Raleigh Fingers, Wyatt Earp-ish look. Would that be fair to say? Absolutely. I'll take both of those as compliments. Okay. Stylishly done. Uh, anyway, uh, first of all, tell the listeners your background in gymnastics. So I've been in gymnastics uh, and tumbling. Uh, we do both at the gym. So to give you a quick update on what that is, we do gymnastics, which is all around gymnastics, which is kind of what you just saw in the Olympics, uh, the four you know events, bars, vault, beam, and floor. Then we do power tumbling, which is similar to the tumbling passes that you see executed on the floor exercise, but down an 84-foot floor with a 33-foot runway and a 25-foot landing zone. And then now, the thing that's really took off over the years that wasn't as big when I was first starting out as a kid was competitive cheerleading, which has also really bled over into our sport. But as far as me, um, I started at eight. I started competing at nine uh, as a power tumbler. And I was with Randy Parrish at Quincy Gymnastics. That's who I was coached by. Um, I met my best friend, Jacob Huff, who's my partner at the gym. We're business partners. And we bought the gymnastics center from him in 2006. I was 18 years old then. And actually, this That's fall... That's a pretty bold move for an 18-year-old. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, it is. I, I uh, you know, jumped ship and said, you know, I think I'm just going to teach cartwheels. This looks like a good idea. And... Uh, so basically, we've been going since then, which brings me to my next point, which is this will be our 15-year anniversary this month. Yeah, as I say, I thought I saw that you'd started in 2006, right? Yes, correct. Um, so what do you do on a daily basis at the gymnastics center? I mean, do you get to, do you get to participate? Do you get to coach? Do you just sort of oversee everything? For me, I mainly coach. Uh, my lovely wife, Katie Cernia, she does all the work in the office, and she oversees the gym, and she makes schedules, and she plans events, and she gets numbers for kids that are a part of organizations and you know signs us up for competitions, things of that nature. Now, what I do, as well as my partner, is we coach. So basically, I'm in the gym. We're coming into the school year, so during the school year, we really can't get into the gym till roughly 2.30 or 3 because obviously kids are coming out of school minus homeschool groups that come in or certain uh, programs we have like preschool playtime where young kids can come in during the day and just get their feet wet on the equipment and spend time with their parents and they're coming around. But on a typical day, you know, I usually start out with some uh, private lessons. A lot of us coaches do that coach uh, in our team programs. People come in and anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour at a time, they hone the craft, you mm -hmm. know. Then we get closer to the 3.30, 4 o'clock hour and we move into our recreational classes. So our recreational classes are just classes that build up to our team programs, whether it be cheer, power tumbling, or all-around women's gymnastics. Uh, and those classes are about what you would expect. It's an 8-to-1 ratio, so anytime you're in a class at the gym, you're never going to have a class that's got 15, 20 kids in it. You're going to have an instructor with 8 or less kids, and you're going to be going through 
whatever you need to do to achieve your goals and what sport you're headed toward. Mm-hmm. Then I get later into the day, which is about 6 o'clock, and anywhere between 6 and 9, that's the part of the day where I'm with my competitive high-level team athletes. And that's my favorite part of the day. I mean, that's what, you know, that's the bread and butter. Uh, we put all the hard work and energy in so that we can have the, that time. I mean, I have, we have elite athletes. Uh, we have mid-range level athletes. Um, and then obviously we have athletes that are just competing on the lowest level that you start out when you begin to compete. Um, so that's pretty much my day as far as uh, the gymnastics day is concerned. And it's enjoyable. You know, it, it's good. And I would compare it to any other sport that if you said, I wonder what a coach in gymnastics does. Take, pick your sport and, you know, walk in and have a seat. You know, we're talking. We're go- going over things. We're analyzing things. You know, we're talking to kids about body positions, how to condition their bodies physically from a strength and flexibility standpoint, how to strengthen their mind, how to work through problems when things aren't going exactly the way that they sh- think they should be going or I think they should be going. So there's a lot of nurturing that goes along in sports, especially with coaching, that you don't see in a finished product. You know, there's a lot happening behind the scenes. And I, and like I said, I think that would apply with just about, oh, sure. just about any sport. Any yeah. coach would tell you that, I think. Is it true? Tell me if, 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 if this is a true theory or not. But I've often heard that the biggest rise in participation for gymnasts comes right after a summer Olympic Games has completed. Is that true? Absolutely. Absolutely. You could say our business is on a four-year cycle. I mean, this or industry, you could say, the sport itself, because it's at the forefront. You know, normally with the Olympics, this is the one time that every four years, this is a sport, this isn't a stick and ball sport. You know, you're not getting the nightly statistics sheet or updates or highlights on the evening news, you know, or the Facebook clip or, you know, just the social media platforms. It is a little bit more at the forefront, I think, now with all the access to social media platforms where athletes can have a voice and they're very present Mm -hmm. in the eyes of their fans where they can kind of dictate the way that they and their sport is seen. So I think it's more prevalent than it used to be from that perspective. But I think definitely the four-year spike is unreal. I'm curious. I'm curious. Give me an idea, percentage-wise. Do you see 10%, 20%, 50% of an, an increase in participants when, they come, when, they come, when they're, they're coming to your uh, gym, gym City Gymnastics? I can't give you a percentage, but what I can tell you is that, like, at this point, you know, we're still registering people to sign up, and that's including having to add classes and put instructors on more things at the gym gotcha. on our current schedule. You know, because it's, you know, it's just like uh, me or you. I'm a huge baseball fan. So I watch the World Series, and it's amazing how by the end of Game 7, you're like, hey, hey I, I think I could, I could get out there, right? Like, I could go shag that fly ball. I could make contact. And I think for, for young kids, it's the same way with gymnastics. Like, hey, I can stand on that beam. I can swing on that bar. Like, Mom, Dad, get me in there. I, mm-hmm. I, can, I can do this. This is something that I want to do. I want to see my body experience this phenomena. So when is... I guess there's there's two parts to this. How early do you get kids? How young do you get kids to participate in your classes? And second, what is the, if you had to recommend to somebody, what's the ideal age to get somebody to, 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 to get a little girl to put a leotard on and go in there and, you know, jump in the big foam pit? That's a really great question. That's a good question. And I, I like this question because 18 months, 
is when we start kids off. Now, I'm not wow. necessarily, yeah, and I'm not necessarily saying uh, that that's the ideal age. Sure, everyone, and, that, needs, and that's why I separated. Yeah, the question exactly. The way I, did. I think the I think the ideal age to get that out of the way first would just be the age at which the athlete's interested and competently able to come out, do a class, be comfortable in their own skin, and be ready to engage with an instructor that's maybe not a parent or a teacher for is the it, first time, and be able to walk away from mom and dad for a little bit to go do yes. this. Now, our first class where that happens is our three year old class. So from 18 months to three years old, those are like mommy and me classes or grandma, grandpa, you know, whoever you come in with. They kind of, the instructor sets up some stations and they give you assignments and the parents learn to assist and help out. Then when they get to a three-year-old class or a four and five-year-old class, that's our preschool program. And that would be the first time that they would be going with an instructor on their own. Now, I think that this is an ideal age range because of things like motor skills. You know, our athletes that come up through our preschool development program are a lot of times our athletes that end up showing up on our rosters for our competitive teams and are around until they graduate high school. You know, it's just they've come up through every rudimentary drill and function that they need to do in the gym to be successful in the sport. So I do think, uh, idyllically, you do want to see a kid start out really young. Um, But I have also, in many, 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 many experiences, had kids come in at 9, 10, 11 and just blow my mind and bust through the ceiling that mm-hmm. I would have thought. You know, you don't know with an athlete. Right. I've seen that, and, and that can be infuriating, you know, for athletes that are right next to them. You know, you've got one kid that's been busting it since three years old, and the kid will come in at 12, and they'll just take off. I mean, it does happen. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So, uh, first, I want to make sure to uh, take a, a break to let our listeners know about our sponsors. No matter the age or fitness level, Excel Performance Health and Wellness has a program for you. It offers a youth sports development class, a sports enhancement program, personal training, and online training. They create custom programs that will give you the best results that you're looking for. Contact Excel at 217-214-3482. Also, Tri-City Sports is not just a soccer store. You can find the best selection of your Quincy High School and Quincy Notre Dame fanware to root on your favorite team in the store at 535 Main in the Main Center. Need screen-printed apparel for your business, organization, fundraiser, or sports team? Call them for details at 217-224-2489. So we've talked about when to get kids started in just coming to the gym. How do you know when it's the right time to start competitive gymnastics? So, And maybe explain the difference between the class on Wednesday night for an hour and competitive gymnastics okay so with our competitive teams and like i said we have three we have the all-around women's gymnastics the competitive power tumbling which is guys and gals and then we have uh, cheerleading which is also co-ed so all of our classes have structural sheets with goals so at one point in a session if you've got that hour class that you're talking about where your kids just dipping their feet in the water there's a level structure in each one of those programs that heads to a team program And the structure is basically followed, and at some point in the session, usually late in the session, we have an evaluation week. And kids go through with the instructors, they perform their skills for the instructor, they continue to work like they would on any other class, and we take notes. And we write down on the sheets on that evaluation week where the kid's at. So when you sign up for your next class, whether it be the same one or the next one, you're guided and you are told, and you have an open communication with your instructor so that you not only know what class your kid's headed to, but you also will be able to 
kind of see their progress in a written form. It, it makes it easier for the parents to have a real feel on where their kid's headed. So my answer to that mainly would be, as we see as the instructor, those requirements and those goals getting checked off. It's a very guided system that tells you, okay, this athlete has completed this set of requirements. They move to the next level. And then the same thing goes for the next level. Now, we do have a couple programs, for example, they're invite only. There are times where, you know, one of them we call like tiny tracks. And that might be, you know, your three, four or five year old that comes in and they magically have a cartwheel round off where they're already have, you know, to their parents' dismay, flipped backwards off the couch and landed on their feet. You know, I get that all the time. So it's very guided. It's very structured. You know, there's there's a method to the madness. And if those progressions aren't followed, when you get to the team program, you're not going to have a very fine-tuned, polished athlete that's going to compete and do well. Because, you know, there's competing, and there's competing to success, and there's mm-hmm. competing safely, and there's competing competently. Those aren't all the same thing. And one thing that I think our program really excels at is not only do our coaches and the athletes themselves know exactly what they're prepared for going into team when they get to that point, but to that point, their parent has also been completely tuned into what skills they've learned, what progressions they've had. They're, you know, they're comfortable with the coach by the, by the time they get to team. The comfort level between the coach and the athlete and the parent in youth sports cannot be overstated. You know, if that confidence is not there, I don't think you're headed anywhere big from a competitive standpoint. You know, I need, if the athlete doesn't buy into me, you know, they're not going to buy into what I'm trying to do. And if the parent doesn't buy into me and my program and the structure, they're not going to feel comfortable. Well, that's one of the things I, one of the things I wanted to be sure to ask you is, okay, I've I've got a four-year-old daughter, four-year-old son who wants to do this. Take, Gym City Gymnastics, I guess, out of the picture for a moment and sort of put your hat on as just a, 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 a gymnastics person. And, and people also who are going to be listening to this may not necessarily be living in Quincy to be able to participate in your program. What should parents be looking for when they're going out and saying, gee, my kid wants to become a gymnast. I'm going to go to X gym or Y gym or Z gym. What should they be looking to, to, to get for their child? That's a great question and an important question because like in any sport, I think the first thing you have to look for is safety, equipment, um, competence of instructors through things like certifications and uh, upstanding memberships with organizations. For example, uh, I walk into a gym if I'm a parent you know, you walk into our gym and you see years and years of USA Gymnastics Begin Here, Go Anywhere membership club. You see uh, banners that are, say, USTA, which means United States Trampoline and Tumbling Association. Uh, you see banners that say USASF, which are professional cheerleading organizations. And then on, you know, you walk into our office where you sign up and some, one of the first things you see is our safety certifications in the sport our um, professional training certifications in the sport, our uh, safe sport uh, training, which now is done in almost all youth sports. Uh, So I would say definitely those are things you want to be looking for. You know, is the place clean? Is everything structured? Is the equipment uh, completely torn apart and slung everywhere and doesn't look clean? Or does it look like it's been switched out and it's been maintenance has been done on it? Those are all things we take pride in. You know, right now, for example, our session starts on August 21st. It goes till December 18th. 
So this past week and a half and going into next week, the simple things are being done that people don't think about. We're resurfacing our parking lot. We're tearing every single mat and everything apart in the gym and Lysoling it and shampooing carpets and taking all the blocks out of the foam pit and sweeping out any excess that could be in there. If you don't see those types of things happening, if it isn't evident that the care is being put into the equipment, you know, what confidence do you have that there's going to be 100% care put into the athlete and what's best for them? How do you deal with kids who want to play other sports? Uh, you know, I'm sure you've got, you get these kids at a young age. Many of them, that's the, they're, they're just, they're, they're in gymnastics, competitive cheer, tumbling. But some of them spill over into other sports. How do you work with families and kids who say, hey, I, I got a softball game tonight, or I got a basketball game tonight, or I want to I try out for volleyball. How, does, how do, do you work with those? Because your program, for the most part, you said you're starting in August, end in, end in December, take a little time off for Christmas, probably crank it back up again in January, go through May. Memorial Day probably. Yep. yep. Um, and then I'm sure there's still opportunities during the summer because that's when – no kids, kids don't have school. So you can, you can be a 12 month, 12, 12 months out of the year program. How do you deal with other sports? I would say that we are a 12 month out of the year program. Uh, gymnastics requires, you know, you can't take a lot of time off, especially at the competitive level. Now there's two sides to this coin. I would first say that with our recreational athletes, obviously a lot of those kids, because they're at the very beginning level and a lot of them are young, they're probably doing a ton of sports, you know, and as you get to the competitive level, it's also completely available for our athletes to be involved in other things. I have, for example, I'm the head coach of the competitive power tumbling team. I have kids that cheerlead. I have kids that do cross country, basketball, um, softball, you name it, you know. And what we do is we work around the schedule. If my kid, my athlete needs to make it in four times a week for a couple hours. And, you know, we look at the days like, hey, maybe you come on Wednesday this day and you don't normally come on Thursday. I've got a basketball game that night. Well, you know what? Let's shift the schedule around. Let's make it work. I like kids in lots of sports. And let me tell you why. My athletes that are in lots of sports are, cre are gaining things that maybe necessarily I'm not covering a million percent of what, you know, can be done athletically with the body. You know, so... A well-rounded athlete, I think, is fantastic. I love it, personally. And we're really good about working with that. It's not only good for us, it's good for the athlete, it's good for our community. Especially in a time where specialized sports is really, you know, you can play baseball, for example. When I was a kid, you played baseball in summer league, maybe you played at school, but you, didn't, you weren't on this traveling team and this traveling team and you had this camp. So kids are allotted so many opportunities in sports, and I think that they should take advantage of as many of them as they can. Now, when you get to a high competitive level, you know, there does come a time in every kid's athletic career where they look at it and go, hey, I'm really excelling here. It's time to maybe prioritize a little bit. So I do think at a high level with our team athletes, a lot of times you see them start to specialize a little bit more in the gym. But that doesn't mean either that they don't do other things. We have elite level athletes that also continue to do maybe another sport. I do think there's a point, though, where it's like, I do dance, I do softball, I do basketball, I do, you know, I do gymnastics. There is a point that an athlete has to specialize and really take their training to the next level and dedicate that time to it. How many kids do you have participating in your classes from the 18-month-olds to your elite-level uh, gymnasts? This 
I would say right now, and I'd have to check the numbers again. Sure. I'm just going to give you a uh, ballpark statistic. But I think right now, looking at us going into our fall session, post-Olympics here, we're going to be right over probably 900 athletes. Wow. Yeah. So that, to me, I, I, my next question was going to be, are you happy with that number, or what could you do to increase that number? When I hear 900, maybe you're going, that's not nearly enough. We could have 1,500. But to me, I, I hear 900, and I go, that's a really good number. It is. And I think the thing that I would want to point out here is, you know, staying happy at our number where we're still running our program at the highest level of efficiency and to the best that the program can be. You know, so if you look at, for example, it's still a business, you know, I own a gymnastics center, you know, bills have to be paid. Uh, Jacob and I have responsibilities. We have families, you know, it's, it's still business. And, and that's where at the gym, when I look at numbers and growth and things of that nature, I look to some of the other programs we offer. For example, every weekend, the moment classes are done on Saturday morning at noon all the way to Sunday night, there's someone in there having a birthday party. Or, for example, in the summertime, we just got through our summer session, there are cheerleading programs that are in there in the couple hours in the afternoon where we're switching from morning classes to afternoon classes, and we're having a cheer camp for that cheer program. Or uh, we do our preschool playtime each Wednesday from 9.30 to 11.30. Okay, that's ages, that's young kids. These are kids that are not in school. Um, it goes on for, you know, a couple hours. You pay $7. You're basically at a really safe indoor playground uh, where your parents are going around with you and you're getting your feet wet. So as far as growth goes, I always want to see another kid interested in gymnastics, tumbling, cheer. We want that. Those are important things. But I also want to make sure that we're not, you know, inflating numbers at, the point where we have to go over that eight to one ratio, for example, in a class. If I can add a class time wise, that's fantastic. But I'm not going to do it at the cost of the effectiveness of my program. You're not going to affect the quality of what you're trying to put out there for, for trading it for quantity. I'll give you an example. Uh, I had for my power tumbling team. We went to USTA Nationals uh, this year, and we there were a hundred. And I believe 61 teams. Don't quote me on that. Uh, it's roughly around that. Right. And uh, basically, at the highest level, you know, I had my advanced girls. We went and competed as a team. You had to have three athletes to qualify for the team competition. Well, we got third this year in the whole nation. And that, to me, as a coach, the satisfaction isn't just the winning, but my kids were elated. You know, they were rejuvenated when they came back into the gym. So... To have those that type of success, I do think that you have to really manage numbers in a way that the classes are still structured, um, productive, successful, healthy, and also that you're not creating an environment in the gym where you don't have good alleyways for traffic control and parents coming in and out. Obviously, you can imagine in the last couple of years, for example, things like that have had to really be managed and looked at differently. They're just not things that we looked at about who's coming in indoor and who's coming out and how many people are in a lobby. And, you know, so right now, especially, those are things that we're having to pay special attention to, mm -hmm. you know, whether it be certain classes, people, you know, for example, this year had to maybe sit in the car or with the team program and stuff. So, those are things we're having to pay special attention to as well. Last question. Is there, we've talked about a lot of very positive things about gymnastics and the, and, and the, and the participation levels and, and, and what you're doing there. Is there something, is there a myth, is there a misunderstanding about the sport that you go, I want to make sure that the listeners to this podcast understand this, that, you know, maybe, maybe explain something that they don't understand, that they come up with a misconception of maybe. 
Well, in a world of big media and social media where clicks are everything, I think that a lot of times in any sport, including gymnastics, we see a lot of attention paid to the things that don't go well instead of the things that are really amazing about the sport. I know gym owners all over the country, and I can tell you this, um, kids, if you get on our Facebook page or our Instagram page or our website, which, by the way, is mygymcity.com. Nice nice job on the plug there, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. A very uh, shameless website plug. <laughs> but I can promise you it's a family. It is a family. Our team programs, for example, last week, all the kids got together and went and saw, we rented out a theater to ourselves, and we went and saw a movie, or we'll go to the park and have a get-together with their families. The gymnastics world, it's very, there's a big dedication time with families. They travel for competition. Their kids are in the gym up to sometimes 12, 16, 20 hours a week. You know, this is a, a big time commitment, and it is such a positive thing. You know, and a lot of times there are stereotypes that are thrown at sports like gymnastics, you know. Gymnastics moms. Yeah, exactly. Gym moms. And, you know, you think of a kid training 16 hours a week and you think of them like, oh, they're they've got nothing else and they're dedicating all their time to that and they're not getting well rounded. It's just not true. You know, like I told you earlier, our athletes are very well rounded. They do other things. They're engaged in after school and things in their community. And it's a positive environment. And I think with our sport, and I'm not saying no other sports this way, it's a family atmosphere. You know, my team kids are like extensions of my family. You know, I spend so much time around them. Mm -hmm. And I think Jacob would agree with me if he was here with the competitive uh, women's gymnastics team. You know, they're like, they're like, they're like your kids. They're like, you really care about them and their success and their failures. You feel that stuff, you know? So it's easy to talk about success, but even in moments of failure, you know, I'll, I'll look at a kid and I'll say, hey, you know what? This competition didn't go well. Next time, me and you go out there together and we get the job done. You know, we go back to the gym. We'll talk about it. We'll evaluate where we're at. How do you feel about it? You know, where's your headspace at? Do you need a break? Are you feeling physically a little drained? You know, the attention is there. And I'm not saying that there aren't coaches because we know in any sport there are, there are good coaches and there are coaches that aren't as good, you know, whether it be the way they go about it or their success level. But I think the takeaway that I would express is having, like I said, knowing gym owners across the country and coaches on a whole, our sport is so, it's a great sport. It teaches kids so much more than just gymnastics, responsibility, time management, hard work, uh, being a team player. You know, we don't as much do the team thing. We're not passing the ball off to the one guy. A lot of times in our sport, there's no one to pass the ball to. You know, you're standing there and the judge calls your number or your name and your hand goes up and it's all of a sudden spotlights on you. It's all of a sudden the loneliest place in the world uh, on the mound at Yankee Stadium. You know, it's it's all on you. It's your time to shine. But the support systems there, your teammates and your coaches and the people that cheer for you, whether it be your family or, you know, just family friends, they're there for you. It's a positive environment. It's a fun environment. Um, I love what I do. Like I said, I've been in the gym since I was eight years old. I'm 34 years old now. And I can't remember a week of my life, you know, where I didn't go into the gym. And, you know, like anything else, you know, it's taxing on the athletes sometimes because of the hard work. And it's taxing on coaches because of the hard work. And it's still a schedule, you know, you're still working the clock. But we love what we do at Gym City Gymnastics. And 
if there was someone there that didn't, they wouldn't be there. You know, so I would encourage people to come out. Uh, also, our phone number is 217-224-8491. Uh, like I said, we're, at, we're doing some parking lot resurfacing and some cleaning and making some improvements right now. Leave a message if you don't get a hold of someone during this brief time that we're closed. We will for sure get back to you and we'll find you a spot. If you're interested in gymnastics, power tumbling, or competitive cheerleading, we got you covered. Thank you. I appreciate you taking the time today. This was interesting. This is, hey, this is the most fun I've had today. <laughs> and thanks for listening to today's podcast as well. You can catch other podcasts on youth sports by clicking on the podcast link on our website at muddyrivernews.com.